With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Oh, it's some review show for what I'm going to call Wheat Cheeks. <laughs> Wheat Cheeks? Yes, yeah, Cheek Week. Because, you know, we got not one, but two of those Heisman grade cheeks on display. You, you guys know how we're slightly famous on this show for speaking things into existence uh-huh it happened you remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking no no this was just last week when we mm-hmm. were talking about whether south carolina or georgia was the peach state yeah louisiana making a strong case <laughs> putting the produce out there um we also spoke something else into existence so i, I don't know what you're talking about oh yeah. Oh, Saturday was National Period Day. Thank you for bringing it up. And speaking of crimson horrors. So, the Sooner Schooner, uh, if you don't know, that is the wagon that Oklahoma trots speaking out Speaking of butts. Speaking of butts. If you don't know, you weren't listening to the show last week. This is partly your fault. Uh, boomer and Sooner. One, one word for each cheek. And in between the magic that makes it all happen. Uh, the the Sooner Schooner is the wagon that Oklahoma has traditionally trotted out for, for scores, and um, it, it it sort of veers around. And from time to time, I'd say once every twenty years, somebody takes a corner too tight, and the whole thing just falls over like it does in Oregon Trail. You know, in Oregon Trail, when it's like, oh, the wagon tipped over and it killed little you lost um, Dorsey. Yeah, whatever you named. You lost Mersey Dose. Whatever you named your child, right? Which usually for me, it was like Butina, B-U-T-T-I-N-A. And Buttrick, 
was always the sun for me. More butt content. So yeah, More... on uh, Friday as part of our Blood Week series, in we reviewed how in 1993 this happened in a game in a loss against Colorado, and how many hours later? Like twenty? Less than twenty-four. Yeah. Because this episode came out on Friday afternoon, and this uh, incident took place on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. This 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 mascot. I guess you call it a mascot. Mascot device. I mean, what do you call what do you call the Ramblin' Wreck? I guess. I think that is a mascot. A mascot conveyance. But this a feels price. like a thing pulled by mascots. Yeah, the mascots aren't the mascots. The people. I thought they were the horses. Does Oklahoma have a plush mascot? They, they ha- do. They, they have. Yeah, they have a horse, and they have like a cartoon horse that they use for mm. some, some things. Interesting. Yeah. So the horses stole the land. Yeah, it was all their fault. They just they just dragged us to the land. What were we supposed to do? Interesting. We were stranded by horses. Some pushy ass equine manifest destiny. No, they just they let pull. us all. They don't this. push. They pull. Oh, I'm sorry. They yeah. they pull. Manifest destiny. Manif- <sighs> See, Ryan's not here, but he is. Well, we we did speak it into existence because dang it, the Sooner Schooner. It's a good so, day for Oklahoma's football team, but man, it was a bad day for the Sooner Schooner. So a year after uh, we saw a, 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 a pretty stout fella being dragged behind the schooner, we have this. And based on OU's statement, I think what we've learned is you're supposed to have several pretty stout fellas in the back, specifically on the left yeah, side. Yeah, for ballast. Yeah. yeah. So when you take that corner, you want that weight to counteract. And OU's statement mm-hmm. basically implied you know, everybody back there was a little bit light, didn't have enough butts back there to hold down the schooner. We also, uh, in 1985, this thing went and veered onto the field during a game uh, in between a field goal that was called back due to penalty and the actual field goal. So it's out there on the field and players from the opposing team are like kicking at it <laughs> while Sweet. it's rumbling past. <laughs> and also... Go on, get... There, yeah, yeah! Also, there were reports of, uh, in 2016, someone mentioned a game against Baylor when people were falling out of the schooner, but there's no visuals of that one. So, this thing is perilous, man. Stay the fuck away from this thing. There There are numerous things about the Sooner Schooner I find really amusing. One, that this doesn't happen more often because it's 2019, and let's be honest, uh, we, we don't have any reason to be good at wagoning. There's no, there's nobody who should be good at wagoning. I don't know. This would never happen at Texas A&M. No, no, no. There would be a major in it. They would be. No, I was going to say they would pay someone to do it for them. (laughs) Jimbo, get out there. (laughs) You just beat Ole Miss by only a touchdown. Why don't you go drive the wagon, too? Make some earn your keep around here, son. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll be out there. I'll do it. Watch it. Jimbarella. The other thing about the wagon that I love is that uh, against UT Chattanooga, when they scored, I believe, 70 points before the middle of the third quarter, the Sooner Schooners stopped going out. Like, they're just like, no. <laughs> the horses, sco- are, horses are tired. They're schoonered out. <laughs> the horses are tired. The horse bit me. I told it dang to get it, back dang out it. there and it bit me. <laughs> horses said no, man. <laughs> We're union. <laughs> we've done we've, we've done enough for today. If you want any more, you got to bring it up with the committee, okay? Because we ain't going to back out there. Are these Yankee horses now? Yeah, they are. All Union horses turn into a longshoreman from uh, from Massapequa. Yeah, all right. That's how it works. Ah, so that happened. We predicted it. If you would like anything else to happen, write it down on a note and send it to us. Uh, so um, it sometimes it won't go the way you think. CF hat meat. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we gotta be careful. Someone did request that we get UMass into a bowl game, and I'm like, okay, we're, <laughs> we're really testing the limits of the powers <laughs> here, buddy. Sir, what what kind of sorcerer do you think I am? It's out of the question am... for this year, but next year, also out of the question. Yeah, I am just a petty magician. You, expect... you know, like when you ask Charlotte the spider to spell terrific the way a goose spells it. That's getting UMass into a bowl. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mess up and like get UMass like close to a bowl. I think that's the limit of our shit. Powers. We got UMass bowl band. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta be more specific with the intonation on these spells. This is how we wind up with hat meat. Uh, we do have before anything begins. We do have some <clears throat> quite literal podcast business. What's that business? Podcast business. Podcast business. Dicks. What's that business? Dicks. It's the business. It's business with the podcast. Yeah. Um. We have a live podcast coming. <laughs> the, the podcast business dick just dropping randomly. <laughs> like Jason. Jason's just saying what we're all thinking. Like Jason's just like Jason's <laughs> playing a Casio. Casio dog. It would be really fun to simulate that one episode we did where we were all the tracks came in all unsynced. Yes. And see if we could make people think, oh shit, it happened again. Just by being bad. That's right. By being bad. See, I came in there. Let's do it. Nice. Oh god. Uh, However, will I simulate the experience of being talked over by you, Spencer? How? Indeed. Just wait. The joke here is that I talk over everyone. <laughs> Patriarchy. Hey, Jason, we got a, we got a live forecast coming up, do we not? Dick. <laughs> we do. It is November first in the uh, large city of Jackson, <laughs> large city of Jacksonville. I think that's how you describe it. You can't say like the beautiful city. You know, it's it certainly is capacious. The incredibly wide city of Jacksonville, basically and in order short to make New sure York that we- City. And in order to make sure that we have room for all of us in it, uh, we are having this in a strip mall highway. At a place that specializes in table tennis. This yeah, it's a ping pong club. Ping pong club. That sounds so much classier than strip mall or... Well, this was Ryan's idea, so of course it's going to be the joint. I wanted to have it at a Christian laser tag arena, but I was brutally overruled. This will be the night before Florida, Georgia. Should be scenes. Should be excitement. If 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 we can have rowdiness from a uh from a from a Belk Bowl adjacent crowd, surely Florida, Georgia can bring it. So I, I think that we should really begin to hint at the following things being there to get a strong Georgia turnout. All right. Um, it's a bar. One, it's a bar. Two, your pastor probably won't be there. Probably. Your pastor probably is on St. Simon's, though, so get away from him. That's right. He's going to see you drinking a light beer. Also, he's been making eyes at your wife, and you know it. Good Lord. <laughs> just, just, yeah, you know what? If she's if And if she hasn't been like obvious about turning it down, why don't you just go out and make her think about what it's like when you're not around by going to a ping pong club with yeah. a bunch of Florida fans? Yeah. Huh? That'll teach you, Susan. That's I right. say bring them both. Bring your wife and her pastor boyfriend. <gasps> Sparks fly. <laughs> that's right. Because that's three That's three tickets, not just two. I like it. 
You can get those tickets, speaking of which, by traveling to any of the following Earls. Uh, that is Earls as in the internet word, not as in Jason's middle Christian name. Uh, 24snakes.com, 25snakes.com, or 26snakes.com, because you just can't be too careful. Podcast a- business. Completed. It's over. Dick. Good night. Uh, we, uh, is that the whole show? That, that's, that is not the whole show. Huh. We do actually have to talk about some football. That's the end? No. Um, Jason, this week we introduced the Bradley Van Pelt Award on Bannersociety.com. Is that uh, where we work? Our mother's site, where we work, our community, our people. Bannersociety.com. Banners at boop, 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 Bannersociety.com. Dick. Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started we, as the butts show. How did we? We need to get back to the butts instead of speaking. Speaking of speaking of robust butts, row butts and sheer power. Row the butt. The Bradley Van Pelt Award is my proposed solution towards correcting the college football landscape's lack of an award, which celebrates a player's college footballness. That can be defined in any number of broad ways. I do think. If you had to, if you had to go ahead and say, like, what what does this award signify? How is it not just a makeup for the Heisman? How is it not just a that guy award? Um, it, it's this. If I told you, if I told you that we just wanted to give an award for the most college football type college football player of that year who was actually good and also indicative of so many of the things that make this great sport great, and uh, Great on its own merits, by the way. We don't care what happens in the NFL. We really don't. We can't, right? Then that. No, have you seen where we live? We absolutely cannot pay attention no, to the NFL. No, ma'am. Cannot, cannot happen. I right? don't need that negativity in my life. When I tell you Dan Quinn's like coaching mentor was Pete Carroll, you go, oh, it should be good in the NFL. When I tell you his other coaching mentor was Will Muschamp, all starts to make a little more sense, doesn't it? It is really unfair to hire a coach whose name can be slurred at Dank Win and then have him turn out like this. I know. It is some bullshit. So he's, he's the most undank man alive. Is the thing. I know, right? <laughs> the guy really D- likes the military. Dank he, man, he likes the military so much he basically dresses like an armored personnel carrier. Dan Quinn, please go join the military. I was going to say he coaches like an armored personnel carrier, too, but without the charm. Um, The Bradley Van Pelt Award, recognizing the most college football type college football player. It illustrated, I think it's it's easy to go ahead and select players from this weekend who I think embody what we talk about when we talk about the most Bradley Van Pelt player uh, possible for this year. Bradley Van Pelt, by the way, starting quarterback for the Colorado State Rams uh, around the year 2002-2003. Had long hair, wore a or rode a longboard around campus, started at Michigan, but then was like, screw you, dad, and went to Fort Collins and literally that because... Who was his dad? He was a legacy Michigan State quarterback who... When a reporter in Michigan brought it up on air in high school, said, "Oh, well, Bradley, are you going to go to Michigan State? You know, he, just he like asked your this dad." On live television. Yeah, he did. And then How'd Bradley Van Pelt said, "Well, you know, I'm just going to look at my options and make up my own mind. And uh, you know, if my dad doesn't like it, he can shut his mouth." Legend. Bradley Van Pelt, most known for 
not only his consistent play, his uh, rushing ability, and his uh, acceptable to good passing, I think is probably the best way to put it. Um, He's probably most noted for being the Colorado State player who, in scoring a touchdown against the hated Colorado Buffaloes, took the ball and whipped it off the head, like threw it, spiked it off the head of the defender he dragged into the end zone during their rivalry game. God, what a hero. And not from far away either. Just no, like, no. He, he kind of just punched the guy in the head with the football. <laughs> yeah. And the guy didn't even react. I think he didn't even understand what had happened. He was like, oh, a bird hit my helmet. Weird. Pelicans do nest here in the winter, though. What, like, what even is the appropriate reaction in that moment? I'm not sure I would know what to do. Like, you gotta Like, fu- you think you're gonna be... It's like when we were talking about, on BannisterSociety.com, that lady combat rolling off the Sooner Schooner when yeah. it hit the ground. You always like to think you're gonna be prepared for when a moment like that happens to you. Almost no one ever actually is in real life. No, you're just like, what an incredibly dumb thing to have just happened. Mm-hmm. It's right. probably the kind of thing where, like, three seconds later, you call him something like, dork, or something like that, you know? And yeah. you're like, why did that hey, come out hey, of my hey, mouth? Hey, fuck you, buddy. Oh, shit, he's all the way Yeah, I'd there. like yeah. to see you try that over... Oh, you already did. It's it's like a much less aggro version of what Will Muschamp had to say to that ref uh, after Saturday. <laughs> is this... it? Okay, is this the most we have ever liked Will Muschamp? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I... I I'm kind of into this. I mean, this is like, I'm... I, it's extremely funny when he's not my coach. I like Will Muschamp most when he is uh, redneck doomed, right? Like, I liked him most when he had already been fired at Florida, and he's like, when people would say, well, how do you think the games go to go this week? He's like, well, we're going to try real hard, and if we don't win, well, what the hell are they going to do? Fire me again? <laughs> so... I have a new theory about the referee walking like 40 yards away and tossing a flag. Because at first I was like, I went through several stages of this, right? I was like, oh, the ref is uh, legitimately scared that Will Muschamp is going to beat him up. That was normal brain, right? Yeah. Galaxy brain is, ah, the ref was performing uh, anxiety and wanted people to remember what a dick Will Muschamp is. So he like ran away. He's like, well, officer, I couldn't drop it over there. That man's a savage. The (laughs) the universe brain take on this is that the ref did this on purpose because he knew it would make Will Muschamp matter. And he was like, you can't touch me. I'm over here. I went and stood by mom and you can't hit me. The context. He knows Will Muschamp needs glasses, so he probably can't even see him. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. That gray oh, object just did also, something. we're pretty sure Will at this point that Will Muschamp has severe object permanence issues. Yeah, he might not have even remembered what was going on. The context for this is that in the fourth quarter of South Carolina's loss to Florida, go Gators. Uh, the refs, the refs having a very the refs oh, had beat a, Mil- Will Muschamp. We did. What's that like? It's um, I can't relate. We lost to Will Muschamp for four years when he was our head coach. So mm. you know. It's good to finally turn that around. Mm. But the refs had one. Life's funny. They had a long one uh, on Saturday. It was a very long day for them. They made many, many, many mistakes, um, which is not why South Carolina lost. South Carolina lost because they're not as good a football team as Florida. They could have played eight quarters and it would have come out the same way. They could have played two and, well, it would have come out tied. But anyway, point being, 
Will Muschamp got an unsportsmanlike penalty for arguing one of, I don't know, eight or nine terrible calls against South Carolina in that game. And after the game said that it was uh, gutless that the ref had gutless. not. Gutless. That the ref had not dropped the flag at his feet, which <laughs> Jason, if you're the, sa- if you're the sassy, if you're the sassy ref and you're dealing with coach testosterone replacement therapy. Okay? I'm a man. I'm flirty. Yeah. <laughs> He'd get that wrong. Well, should be like, I'm a man. I'm Doherty. Doherty's not even a word, but he would say it. Like, well, Jason, what do you do? Him with the debate me. Yeah. Deb- <laughs> I'm right here, coward. Yeah. Gutless. I call Will Muschamp Big Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> um, What, how on earth do you, what is your most, what is your preferred method for throwing the flag at uh, an aggro meathead? Like Will Muschamp on the warpath. After, by the way, I will put you in this role. You know you've made three or four woofers. You know you've blown three or four calls. How do you how do you throw that on sports in the mic at him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's wise to create some distance. I think forty yards is a sarcastic amount of distance. <laughs> no, that, that's that, exactly that is, what I think was happening. Yeah, yeah, that's so passive it becomes aggressive. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like he I'm, crossed I'm the go... international passive aggressive date line and came all the way back up on the other side. Yeah. Y- yeah. I'm going to go climb a fucking mountain and then skydive off it and then get in a hot air balloon and then throw the flag. Like, okay, we get it. We get it. He's a hothead. That's what I do. I'm still on the Bugs Bunny tip, right? <laughs> where, where, where I prance away 90 yards and Ain't I a stinker? Ain't I a stinker? Flag! <laughs> no, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I'm convinced that's what the ref did. Because if you went up and you dropped it at his feet, then then South Carolina has a new coach today. <laughs> because right? their, their old one is in jail. Because <laughs> their old one's in jail for breaking your jaw. Okay? And desecrating the flag. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> that's not... That when he's like, you should have dropped it at my feet. How do you think that would have gone, Will? <laughs> like, really, we would have, we would have had Woody Hayes part two, right? And you would have played the part of Charlie Bauman, except you wouldn't have been wearing a helmet. You would have been a ref, and Will Muschamp would have become, I think, the most celebrated coach in South Carolina history, because that's pretty much what South Carolina would want to do. What's more, South Carolina than he fought a stupid battle that wasn't worth it. Woody Mays here. Um, Sorry, Ryan's not here, so I have to that do was, this that, shit. That was good. That it was wasn't. Good. That's the point. Um, that's a good description of South Carolina football. Yeah, <laughs> we were here, and then we weren't. Uh, I would like to go ahead and and get this back to to the Bradley Van Pelt Award. Right? To be clear, Will Muschamp is not a Bradley Van Pelt Award winner. No, no. Underrated college player, admittedly, along with along with Kirby Smart, who is basically just Will Muschamp um, on the right medication. He's basically just a really level Will Muschamp organized. Like if Will Muschamp had, uh, if Will Muschamp could use Excel, that's Kirby Smart, right? And had a better job. Let's go Word. MailChamp. Word, not yeah. Excel, MailChamp. <laughs> MailChamp. Kirby Smart. Subscribe now. Because Will Muschamp gets gigs like Florida and South Carolina that, you know, take a 
a little bit of English. And Kirby Smart just got the gimme gig. He got Georgia, where you just have to say, let's recruit the state and win a bunch of stuff. But really, they kind of just coach the same way. If you were talking about the Bradley Van Pelt Award winner for Georgia, by the way, um, I think it's their kicker. If I had to go. Maybe like two years ago. Yeah. I think he would have been the winner two years ago. If it has to have a certain level of... uh... Well, this is kind of ironic with him. If it has a, has to have a level of hipsterness to it, I realize he looks like the most hipster man alive. Mm-hmm. He, he yeah, might be. He might be a little too like he's legitimately probably the best kicker in the country, right? Don't yell at me, whoever is passionate about their kicker. Don't do it. Dicker the kicker. Oh yeah, yeah that guy. Uh, but Rodrigo. I mean, giving it to a kicker is... is sure. I think all kickers are probably eligible. Yeah, especially like. The most Bradley Van Pelt kicker I can remember is Florida's Matt Petrovich because he was an all-state linebacker as well as being a kicker, but was a little undersized. So on return teams, he would he would also place kick. So he would do kickoffs and the returner would see the kicker ahead of him and think it was sweet and that it wasn't going to be real. And then Matt Petrovich would rattle his fillings and he would go, no, we're not doing that again. Because it's bad when you get tackled by the kicker. It's worse when you get rocked. Way worse. If you had to do a 2019 Bradley Van Pelt type thing, well, obviously, let's go outside the SEC East because this is the the least BVP friendly uh, area of the sport. We can all agree. Yeah. What's like, and it doesn't have to be like the guy you'd give it to right now because I think we're going to try and do a newsletter on this maybe this week on the read option. But like, who's near the top of the list? With a bullet, number one is Hawaii's Cole McDonald. Right. Uh, because Cole McDonald is... Uh, Cole McDonald is a special player. And I, I, I say that in in every sense of the word in that he is... he He's playing in a legit run-and-shoot offense, so he will throw the ball 50 or 60 times a game. Um, in those 50 to 60 attempts, there might be five touchdowns in there. There might also be five interceptions. That's entirely possible. Might be a couple of fumbles. There might be a hundred yards rushing on any given night. There might be negative seventeen. There's really no telling what you're going to get night to night, right? You just know you're going to get a lot of it, and it's all going to come from the arm. Like CC's pizza. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the cookout offense of a non-Hawaiian-born transfer who has nevertheless grown his hair into dreads, gotten a tattoo of the state of Hawaii on his person, along with multiple, 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 multiple other tattoos. And um, he's frantic. There's a lot of, when you get Cole McDonald, there's just going to be a lot of Cole McDonald, man. So Spencer, let's talk again about speaking things into existence. And let's talk about what you said. Oh, right around the start of the fourth quarter of the Hawaii game. That's correct. I said, well, it's the fourth quarter. There's plenty of time. And you expressed like teary-eyed astonishment that Cole McDonald only had one turnover. That's right. That's right. So then... What happened after that? He committed two turnovers and uh, still, by the way, fighting valiantly and throwing for a zillion yards and uh, getting Hawaii into the red zone on two possessions before turning it over, including one interception that went off of a shoulder, hip, 
uh, buttock and then was kicked in the air by an Air Force defender into the arms of another waiting Air Force defender who ran it back for a pick six. So I wasn't wrong about Cole McDonald throwing an interception and a touchdown. He did both. Also, we're not going to be able to do this play justice. Go watch it. Yeah. It was so dumb and beautiful. And Cole McDonald, just to top off how Cole McDonald the entire play was, almost caught the dude. He ran 60 to 70 yards back and almost caught him on the return before running out of steam, belly flopping and missing on the tackle. But he let it, he left it all out there in the field. My favorite, my favorite player this year, hands down, uh, statistics, performance, and wins and losses be damned. So Cole McDonald is number one with a bullet. I think a BVP factor that he aces is memorability, right? Like if he's oh, on the field, guy. you, you yeah. notice and you, yeah, I, <laughs> he was a crucial part of every play for better or worse, both as far as what happened and as far as being able to, you know, you, you're always aware of where he is. Always an aware Im- of what he's got going on. An impact player. What kind of impact? <laughs> The kind that the NTSB has to document later? Possibly. The good kind where Hawaii actually wins? Yeah, because remember, um, I believe they are 2-1 and one against the Pac-12 this season? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which he was a part of. He was a big part of that, making that happen. So He, he was he was a big part of, uh, of, of one and a half of those wins. Yeah, what, it's, hey, wouldn't have had them without him. And that, that, that's, that's facts, y'all completely facts so yeah he's he's the leader so far are you are you eyeing anyone up so to me one other crucial factor here is like you say college footballness and i think i have a guy who literally cannot be topped in that regard if we think about that like longtime service academy quarterback Mm -hmm. that there is there is nothing more college football than that. There literally are not military service academies in the NFL, in my opinion. And it's not really a thing in high school outside of like ROTCs, but like, you know, that Trent Steelman, Keenan Reynolds type. Uh, we have a guy right now, Malcolm Perry, who sort of fits that role. And I think he's even more college football than even those guys. Um, started his college career as mostly a slot back, like the most college football of all positions. Um, 2016 as a freshman literally came out of the stands to take over at quarterback wasn't dressed out he'd been sick and he just played in the jv game the day prior this is like comically college football uh led led the team to a victory over fordham then spent the next two years like uh starting at running back starting at quarterback playing kick returner um 2019 full-time quarterback and he's fucking killing it uh 12.2 yards per throw 6.4 per carry both of those are the best I can find for a Navy quarterback ever over the course of a full season. Obviously, they'll probably go down, but on pace to have one of the best years ever by a flexbone quarterback. Uh, he's very fast. He's not very big. Uh, he was listed in high school as like a four four five guy. That's probably pretty realistic. Um, but I think you know I think you can keep up this sort of thing over the course of the season. Army Navy should be a lot of fun. I uh, I like to call this guy Pat Whitewater. I, I like to call this guy Jamel Holly Wave. <laughs> he's he's kind of a, a watery dancer. God damn! Like a like a Steve Dor Young. Oh my 
Christ. Like a like a major Harris? No, like a lieutenant commander Harris. That's what they call him in the Navy. If it's wow. equivalent to being a major. I call him Doug Floaty. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, that's that's one I can't even laugh at. Thank you. Damn. Malcolm Perry, BVP. That's a good nominee. I would also, by the way, nominate. I mean, remember, these can be good players. Whenever Oregon plays, I know where Troy Dye is, their inside linebacker. Not only because he's really good, but because he does things like leads the crowd in the shout dance while also leading the team in tackles. In addition to that, for the big game against UW, which, you know, that's an underrated rivalry in terms of emotional intensity for the players, even if the fans aren't necessarily stabbing each other, right? Probably because weed's legal. So they're just like, <laughs> they're just like, uh, I mean, we're having a good time at the game and everything, but like, I could stab you, but then I'd have warrants. It sucks. Like the SEC would probably lose some of its edge with legal weed, you know? Or you'd just get really elaborate stabbings. It's probably what would happen. Just really slow stabbings. Slow. <laughs> um, but I was th- Troy Dye played with a broken thumb for most of the game against Washington and still had the wherewithal after Oregon beat Washington soundly this weekend. An outstanding game if you watched it to throw the to throw the W down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an M. Yeah, that's an he, M. He Y'all take you, it. He calls you Minnesota. He calls you mediocre. Bam! You're average. More yeah, like Washington. I'd also put Benito Jones from Old Miss on that because oh, God, one, yes. one uh, his name's Benito. Two, um, every time you see him on the field, you go, that is the most Old Miss-looking defensive lineman. Like, big old gut, uh, always sort of lo- looming in the back like one of the monsters at Doom <laughs> on tackles. Like, if he flushed, like, Kellen Mond on several occasions on Saturday night, I was like, what is that thing in the back? It's Benito Jones. Flushing him from the pocket, looking generally terrifying. Like, Ole Miss always has one lineman who is the thing under the bed, right? And like, Benito, when he's chasing you, he's 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 corralling you, right? Like, he, he's using his cor- actual vocational skills. That is correct, because Benito Jones uh, is... Is a cowman. He is a cattleman from rural Mississippi who, in his on his off days in his spare time, goes back to the family farm and frequently posts pictures of him, you know, Cow punching, not literally punching cows, because he would kill one if he did. Although he would, if, <laughs> he he would if such was called for. Yeah, if it if it sassed him or said bad things about Ole Miss, he would totally do that. The team, not the administration. Pretty sure Benito Jones has no love loss for the administration, just like everyone else at Ole Miss. But but if any one of those cows sassed him about the team or his teammates, dang it, you have to let him have it. If one of those cows was like roll tide, he'd be like, I don't want to do this, but bam. Cows gotta learn. Cows, listen, man. Cows gotta. Cows gotta get these hands. He's the Braun Strowman of cattlemen. Benito so, versus Bevo. So yeah, Benito. Benito Jones is also high on the list. I could not name anyone on Illinois except for Daniel Immorta Bebe Immortaba. Immortal baby. Immortal Daniel Immortal baby. Um, because I don't. Let's just come clean, by the way. Everybody in the national media was like, man, this Illinois story is great. It's the first Illinois story they've had all year. 
No one, no one's watching. Not Lovey grew a beard. Wait, was that last year? Uh, last year. All right. Might be two years ago. But it really came into full plume this offseason. Full, full resplendency. Yeah. But yeah, nobody could name anybody on Illinois. I didn't mean to even suggest for a moment that I might be disrespecting Lovey's beard for the record. Oh, I think I think it's for a reason. It towers above everything else. Yeah. Until the Wisconsin game happened. Yeah, I like that they came out in their uh, their ghost gang uniforms, as we've referred to them before. the The idea that uh, like modern high school recruits would be deeply impressed by Red Grange and like, oh yeah, we got to play, we got to play for the school that produced that guy. We we've been through this before. Recruits like some really stupid shit because they're kids and kids are dumb. But yeah, not not that. Although Red Grange does sound like a SoundCloud rapper, doesn't he? Oh, he sounds like a Bay Area rapper, yeah. Yeah, Red Grange, These man. days you can tell me any combination of words as a SoundCloud rapper, and I would believe you. Red Grange! <laughs> but yeah, they... Um, how closely did you watch this game? I watched like the last three minutes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I parachuted into this game. And still don't fully understand exactly how Illinois managed to do this. So, as I understand it, it was sort of a Georgia-South Carolina thing where not so much tactically, like, you know, we don't pass. We don't pass more than three yards. Not so much that, more strategically, like, Wisconsin just settled for a lot of field goals, that type of shit, um, when probably should have showed a little bit more ambition. Like, Wisconsin could have scored a lot more points than they did, and Illinois sort of did the NFL thing here. Brilliant NFL coaching by Lovey Smith of, uh, you know, letting the other team not try all that hard. Why don't you do all the trying? <laughs> we'll be here in the fourth quarter. Spoken like a Medill grad on a group project. This was, yeah, I don't uh, know. Like, I've got a lot going on right now. Maybe we can just. Trade. I'm under a lot of pressure. That was a very good private school kid. Thank you. Um, Yeah, this was. This was clearly an example of a team, like, when you look at the box score, you go, oh, um, this is a coin flip. This is just one team that was clearly not better than the other, but holding and going, yeah, why don't you hold it up? Did you hear the Illinois radio call afterwards? I did. That was where that was where Illinois' color guy was uh, doing the Driscoll, the Coach Driscoll thing and going, let's go! <laughs> let's go! Let's go! Like, if you were being coached by the Navy goat, and the Navy goat had been cursed with speech. Let's go! Let's go! Can, can you imagine having to call Illinois football week in and week out? <laughs> this happens? Oh, the joy. Your brain would be broken for a week. You would never stop screaming. <laughs> you go to, man, you'd show up at the Mapco in the morning, right? You walk in to pay for your gas and get your coffee, and then be like, Hey man, that's gonna be eighteen sixty three, and you'd be like, "Let's go!" <laughs> How was your day, honey? Let's go! <laughs> somebody driving, somebody driving around Greater Champaign Urbana. <laughs> but you repeat yourself. You it's all I've... greater now, brother. We just beat Wisconsin. <laughs> Do you know what I pulled you over for, sir? Let's go! Imagine that dude at a bris. 
Uh, that guy, um, that guy was a lineman who was actually on like Ron Zook's team that went to the Rose Bowl. A sentence I can say because it's oh, true. Oh gosh. Yeah. So that so he was there for the last good thing to happen at Illinois football, and now he was here for this. Let's go! <laughs> you wouldn't hold me down, man. There are two things I've seen, in, like in college football, where I know I would be incoherent for a week and giggling. That and the kick six. Kick six would have, yeah. Or Fiesta Bowl, Boise State. You wouldn't have been able to tell me shit for a week about anything. They'd be like, sir, it's terminal. Be like, let's go! <laughs> Woo! Sir, this is a herpes. Woo! <laughs> We're going to need to hold your son back a grade. Let's go! <laughs> Hang on, my dog doesn't seem to he, he he's lived here for several years and he seems to have forgotten he has a dog door. So mm. I'm gonna go. You know, you know what you need to tell him? <laughs> Let's go! go! I'll be right back. Let's go! Hi, hello. Hey, what's happening? Hey, dog is inside now. <laughs> but by the way, that's the color announcer for Illinois Radio is Martin O'Donnell. On Twitter, I was like, man, this color guy's gone. He's like, I'm still gone. <laughs> Which means Martin O'Donnell probably woke up this morning, stretched, yawned, and immediately started yelling again. No plans to return. Uh, speaking of extremely exciting, long overdue outcomes, uh, releasing a lot of pent up emotion. You love to see the little guy finally get one. Uh, Texas defeated national champion Les Miles as Kansas came down to the wire. They pulled it out. Final play game winning field goal. It's, it's, it's good to see. It's good to see long time noted underdog Tom Herman, who actually is it. It actually is like we've had for like three years now a meme about this guy that like plays down to bad teams, plays up to good teams. And is he just going to keep this locked in for his entire career? It's, yeah. fine. it's fine, I guess. But I mean, they played up to Kansas, but they won. So if this is what works for him. Let's keep this going. Les Miles, by the way, before this game, fired his offensive coordinator the week before. <laughs> Les Kenning fired him uh, in the games that Les Kenning had served as offensive coordinator. They had ser- they had scored a total of 89 points in the two games that they have uh, played since. Uh, Kansas has scored 93 points. One of the things in life that sucks hardest is when you realize you were the restrictor player. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Let's give it a little more time. Let's see. Let's <laughs> I'm willing to accept a larger sample size. <laughs> However, <laughs> I'm well. I'm willing to go. You know, that's that's a sign. Maybe like less less kidding. By the way, not a young man. I'm just guessing. This might be the sign where he's like, you know, I haven't really visited the golf courses in my area enough. I should become more familiar with them. So you're saying, in 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 fact, in actuality, less was not more. 
So the reason I wanted to bring this game up <laughs> is because Les Miles has now joined the Weird Coach Garment Club. He has this shirt. It's a long, long shirt uh, like the kind teenagers wore like 15 years ago. But and in the white, tea, this, the white tee era, yeah. Yeah, but it has this gigantic side seam split like he's um, from Hyrule or something. I guess it's so he can dig in his pockets for grass. I don't know. Loot. But yeah, so add him to the Chiswick Fleck rule club of coaches who wear garments that do not otherwise exist. Yeah, Matt Rule Matt Rule is still the leader of the clubhouse in this because he has thrown tunics on top of a half hoodie. Oh, I have an update on that. Oh, please. Yeah, I was watching. I don't know why I was doing this. I must have forgotten and started to do something else. But I was watching one of the Fox pregame shows on Saturday and they were talking about Baylor and they were showing a couple different shots of, of Matt Rule that were a little bit longer than those you could see during a typical game. And y'all, that is a separate garment that he is wearing over the shirt. That is not a weirdly designed shirt. That is absolutely like some kind of Nike penny situation. Nice. That he has added to the shirt for uh, warmth, retention of hydration. I I don't know. What if it's a solar solar panel? Ooh. I think it looks like a radiation vest, Mm -hmm. but a very thin one. Maybe. My other thought on the matter was that um, he does not like the way the Nike shirt shows his nips. Some dudes have real prominent nips. Justin Fuente, looking at you, bud. Uh, and that shiny fabric does not show them to good advantage. And maybe Matt Rule was conscious of that. He did not choose a good solution for this, but I respect his awareness, his situational awareness. Well, at a Baptist university, perhaps like someone came to him and said, <gasps> "Brother Rule, oh my gosh, he has to cover up his sinful nips." Yeah, you're leading. You're leading the ladies into temptation. Mm-hmm. As a brother in Christ, you should uh, consider that and stop uh, making uh, making chastity so difficult for your yeah. sisters in Christ. I'm so- going to stop saying nips now, but I am going to continue referring to him as Friar Truck. Well, speaking of speaking of nipping away at a defense. And of maintaining chastity and a reluctance to score. I would like to share with you Jake Fromm's line. Oh, no. From Saturday oh, night. Oh, dear. Jake Fromm against Kentucky. Admittedly, all the following conditions were true. It was Jake Fromm against Kentucky in a driving rain. Part of the remnants of a tropical storm blowing through the area. Um, against Kentucky, a pretty decent defensive team. Uh, in a defensive struggle in inclement weather jake Fromm's line on the night nine for 12 for 35 yards <laughs> is that good well results it's are accurate people, it's accurate yeah that's right it's averaging like under four yards of completion for the night nine for 12 mm. for 35 yards yeah now to show you how bad this entire situation was, uh, the game, Kentucky-Georgia, was 0-0 going into the uh, the top of the third quarter, if you will. And uh, Kentucky was down to their 30 
their their third out. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this because I already started saying it. They were down to their 30th string quarterback, Lynn Bowden Jr. Again, is this somebody who was married to a Bowden at one point? Possibly. I don't know. They went two for 15 for 17 yards because their third stringer, their third stringer wasn't very good. But yeah, it was enough. Jake Fromm averaged 2.9 yards carry or a completion for Georgia. 2.9 yards. But hey, it was 21 0. The board says W. Board says W. They're going to fire Coley. There's no way they can keep James Coley. Like they're going to get killed. Their fan base will not have it. This is not, by the way, if you want to know how to turn the pressure up on yourself in a place where you got off to a real bold start, came up a little bit short. And then you hired a guy who's going to ensure that you literally keep coming up short on second and third down. Yeah, this is this is one way to do it, Kirby. Buddy, if I wanted to come up short, I'd stand next to my sister's boyfriend. I would have stayed at Alabama, right? Right? He's a yoga teacher. Yeah. I don't have the energy tonight. Is this the kind of thing where, like... uh... If we're all being honest, it doesn't really matter who what the OC is. What part of your is. body made that noise? It's my jaw. It's fine. Jesus Christ. Spencer, are you falling apart? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. It's fine. Okay. Like, Kirby's a defensive guy. Is he really going to have it? Th- like, who's the OC who's going to come in and, oh, we're going to we're gonna be winging the ball around or we're going to, you know. I it's think it's the one always going to look at least a little bit like this. A little bit. Yeah, it's, it's I'm not gonna with be, you on that. It's not going to be like this because it's not even like their run game's working that well. That's where that's where you'd come back and go, hey, you know, I know you like being conservative and running a ball control offense, but your second down runs are awful. They're absolutely everyone knows it. Like that's the worst part of of like we're saying. Okay, when you get fired and all of a sudden everything takes off, it sucks knowing you were the restrictor plate, right? I'm amenable to, hey, you just don't understand, you know, the philosophy. No, no, no. I, I get the philosophy. It's when everybody says this dude sucks, including former players, that you kind of start to worry about it, right? And that he hasn't been great at every other position that he's had and that it's going to cost them games and has already cost them games. Because arguably their conservatism cost them in that South Carolina game. Sure. Because it's not like this Florida offense is going to set any records. Uh, and they still move the ball like crazy on South Carolina. So what would you have done with somebody who actually wanted to win the game instead of just kill time? But don't we respect Georgia for just winning the kill time? Uh, Someone does. Yeah. Fuck you, time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Is time Herschel? No, then I don't respect it. Time is our second most important enemy after the moon. Could cost him another game this season, by the way. So the The run game is I mean, the run game is fine. Like it's actually really good. It just doesn't produce big plays. It can give you lots and lots and lots of medium plays. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is what they want, I guess. But this is a very confusing team. They, they are a, that's the thing is that like what you are doing is actively confusing. It's not, I get it when you're like, oh man, you're going to run the crockpot offense. You're going to boil an opponent down. That's not what this is, right? You're probably going to win most of your games on talent alone. What are you going to do with the rest? 
Or what are you going to do in a game where everything just goes haywire for no reason? Like, <clears throat> I don't know, the South Carolina game? Weird. You got to play Auburn soon. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. As long as we That's fa- terrific. As long as we face teams that Auburn, are Auburn's a great football team. Are predictable and overmatched, we'll be fine. Hey, look who's on the schedule next. Auburn. Yeah. Hey, it turns out it's all gonna be okay. Here's sports. <laughs> the very, very fun thing. The like Georgia Auburn might be my favorite rivalry. Just the insane number of times <laughs> they've wrecked each other. <laughs> yeah. Just the absolute ruination factor. There, there cannot be a rivalry that significantly tops mutually assured destruction more than this one. No, <laughs> you no. were arguing, you argued in the top whatever this week that that third Saturday in October just shouldn't be played. It's just taken off schedule, right? There's no need for it. No need. No for need it. for it, right? I see. There's a definite need for Georgia Auburn. I also think it's very important to clarify up front: this will benefit no one. Right. <laughs> Like maybe not. But we want it. We want it. Yeah. Oh man, if you're the uninvested person watching this game, something very bad and inconvenient is going to happen for someone, and it's not you. And that's why it's great. Uh, do we have anything more important than Ball State to discuss? Of course not. <laughs> so why would we? <laughs> the hell kind of question is that? <laughs> so I was looking at the standings this week and looking ahead, as I do. And couldn't help but notice that your Mac favorite is Ball State uh, after, <laughs> which like that never, ever happens. Is this a, is this a your MCM burn coming up? Do what? Never mind. Ask your daughter. They kick, <laughs> they kick the shit out of Toledo, which apparently everyone does these days. Apparently Toledo is terrible. Um, but Ball State looking great, looking awesome. They haven't won the conference since, I think, 1996. And I don't know, this morning, while thinking about Ball State University, I realized it was probably the first time in my life I'd ever thought about Ball State University, which is weird. We cover college football. I should know a lot of stuff about Ball State. And I realized it's probably the FBS team I know the least about. So I wanted to try and come up with, like, let's find some really interesting fun facts about Ball State. And Do you want me to get Pete Limbo on the podcast? Because I am capable of this. So, the history of Ball State, other than Pete Limbo's uh, immense sexuality, is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. He said it. Everyone knows it's true. It's not that kind of relationship, man. We talk about gophers. No, I'm not talking about you and Pete. Okay. I'm talking about all of us and Pete. I respect his sensuality uh, with other people. Right. So, Ball State, like... By any measure, the only season they've ever had that uh, worth noticing at all was 2008, that Nate Davis year when like they basically came two scooping scores away from possibly going 14 and 0 and all that. Like other than that, nothing has happened. That's it. Nothing has happened. Um. So yeah, that was when I sort of realized like I know all there is to know about Ball State football. Um. I will the, tell you that they are so resource poor that Limbo left to take a coordinator job at a P5 school, uh, Maryland at the time, rather than remain head coach at Ball State. Also, do we know where he is now, by the way? Uh, yes, he is at Memphis. And how is Memphis's special teams doing this year? <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Doing spectacular, in fact. Ranked number one in SP+, number two in FPI in special teams. 
Mm-hmm. You've kept them in several games while they started slow, by the way. Lembo the God, I'm just saying. One thing about Memphis, by the way, they kicked the shit out of Tulane this weekend, 47-17, a good Tulane team. Uh, another thing that you can say, because it is factual in the year 2019, in addition to that, running back Kenneth Gainwell had a night a night quite unlike anything I can remember short of Reggie Bush versus Fresno State. Oh, what a night. Yeah, 104 carries uh, or 104 yards. 104 carries. They gave them all. <laughs> Every last one of them in a hurry up. Some gave all indeed. He gained well. Uh, oh, I'll gain some. Some gained all. 104 yards rushing and a TD there. But on top of that, he had, he had 203 yards receiving on nine receptions. Like bangers. Like 20-yard average uh, on all of them and two TDs. Just to, like, I need to go watch this. I did not watch this game, but like, scrolling past the box score, eye popping. Bizarre. Also, the person who was covering him, whatever poor linebacker or safety that was, just burn the tape. Don't go to practice. Don't. When they're like, yeah, we're going to watch tape on Monday. You might. I'm going to be at home with artificially induced diarrhea whatever i have to do i'll just drink a bunch of visine so i don't have to watch this y'all tell me how it looked bad wow also oprah's boyfriend went to ball state whoa steadman yeah as uh, did Dave, the David creator Letterman? of the creator of garfield between the creator of garfield and david letterman i think that's the full spectrum of comedy right all state is responsible for a very specific era in u.s entertainment history yeah, yeah. that's like interesting 1978 to 86 architecture and like old guy media yeah are the two strengths also papa john mm. did he go to ball state yeah they've got Tra- an answer for that traitor uh, their baseball team plays on Ball Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite new dumb field name. That's like Meadow Field. <laughs> uh, also, are we familiar with the James Webb Space Telescope? The uh, it's kind of the Super Hubble going into going into orbit in like two years, I think, and it'll basically be one of like humanity's crowning achievements. All right. Yeah. So this will be this will be a great moment. It'll be a great moment in human history. Uh, there, there's a build up to this. So Ball State University was named after the Ball Brothers, mm-hmm. who were five tin can magnates from Buffalo or something also, like that. Also, SoundCloud, wow. also SoundCloud rappers. Yes, the five, Ball yeah, Brothers. Yeah, called five and ten. Yeah, they. Uh, so one of their big breakthroughs was they pounced on a lap lapse patent for mason jars, and their name is in fact on the side of mason jars to this day. Ah. There are those balls. Yeah, that's th- those are the balls. Them balls. Them ball boys. The ball boys moved from Buffalo to Muncie, Indiana, in search of natural gas. Uh, they soon got busted up for being a jar monopoly. <laughs> there, there was an antitrust case against them for dominating the containers market. Along the way, they poured so much money into the local uh, educational economy. Like th- these were the phil- philanthropic lords of Muncie. They kept the local university afloat. It became Ball State, and eventually, the uh, the Freemasonic Ball Brothers and their bottle monopoly company got so huge that it got into so much other stuff that it now has a like spacecraft manufacturing subsidiary that is. 
part of it's one of the two i think along with northrop grumman building the james webb space telescope one of the like one of the most amazing things humanity's ever made we're going to stare into the eyes of god thanks to the ball boy brothers with their mason jar patent slum lording and freemason grumman which ain't much better yeah yeah <laughs> i'll side with the ball brothers here i guess but it's pretty great look at you ball state <laughs> Dominating in everything but football, except for those two years. One. One. <laughs> One. Uh, why is, is it named, is the James Webb one named after Jim Webb, the congressman? Uh, that's, in, that's probably, that's probably James Webb Ball. Okay. Cause I, cause I don't know about that. I was like, Jim Webb is that terrifying guy with the eyes real close to each other. He used to be a Republican, became a Democrat when he was running. He was in the uh, primaries. And every time he talked, he mentioned like, I was in Vietnam. And I shot a man and watched the life drain from his eyes. <laughs> he didn't say that that happened while he was in Vietnam. He no. He said those two things back to back. No, you're like, could you clarify when this happened, Jim? Unlike anyone else in this stage, I've choked a man until you can feel the very essence run out of it. Yeah, I hope that's it. <laughs> we, named, <laughs> we named our greatest achievement after a sort of PTSD'd out American politician. It'd be perfect. Speaking of PTSD... Is there anything to say about Penn State, Michigan? Bernie Parmalee went to Ball State. Interesting. That's what we'll say about Penn State, Michigan. Mm. That's it. Like KJ Hamler's incredible. Yeah, so, yeah, there's that. Yeah. You know, Jim, you're like, wow, Jim Harbaugh lost on the road as an underdog again. What is he like? I saw a stat flash by on the Chiron. Is he one and. One and nine versus AP top ten, uh, something like that. Yeah, particularly bad on the road as well. Mm. Well, that's the power of the whiteout. Uh, All right, yes. I'm glad we're talking about people being bad on the road and having weird losses because it allows me to bring up Missouri among other teams. Man, Missouri on the road, and do they travel not by bus but like? Do they just do they take Uber? Do they travel in trunks? <laughs> Do they are they running to games? Are they taking like overnighters? Because both of their losses came on the road, and they came against teams they have no business losing to. They're both they're going really far. Like Vandy, Missouri, being in the middle of the country, ironically, anywhere you go is far. Man, I don't know how far you have to go for Wyoming to be better than you. As as an SEC, well, that's team. how far. <laughs> Mm. That's a ant ask an answer, Actually, counselor. It sounds like we can now measure that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that uh I mean, I guess that is the answer, right? How far you gotta go? Well, you gotta go to altitude and you gotta go all the way up to to beautiful Laramie, Wyoming. At least this far. Sorry about it. Yeah. They're they're real bad. In addition to that, like Nevada is my favorite four and three team in the nation because Nevada has three losses. I got four wins. And I got three losses. Those three losses happened by a combined 155 points. So if Nevada loses, they're going to lose by 50. <laughs> which which begs the question, like, if you're a Nevada player and it starts going sideways, are you just like, well, we'll reboot for next week. It's going to get ugly. Respect. Yeah, just, I don't know, conserve effort. <laughs> yeah, you spend your points wisely. Reticulate splines. Establish run. Recalculating. 
Just take a nap, y'all, because this is about to get real bad. Also, in local- oh, they're they're gearing up for a long, harsh winter there, so they're conserving energy. That's <laughs> what is happening. We'll raid another dumpster next week and get ready for the winter. Bears, take a nap. 